Hello and welcome everyone to the Clark Connection Podcast. I'm your podcast host, Paul Clark, and we're in our second season. We look forward to you listening and certainly look forward to hearing from you. Wherever you are in this great, big, beautiful world, we hope that we can touch your heart, inspire your mind, and speak to your soul on this journey called life and help make the road smoother. So if you're ready, let's get to it. Clark Connection Podcast, where we talk about what we talk about. This is part one of a two-part series, Generational Parenting. Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Connection Podcast. Please don't forget you can follow, like, and share us on our social media platforms. There, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let somebody know that you're listening. You can also find our podcast, of course, on Spotify, Google, Amazon, iHeart, and Apple. And, of course, go over to YouTube and subscribe to us there. I've got an awesome guest today. She's the most awesome daughter in the world. I'm I'm not putting down anybody else's daughter, but I'm just talking about my daughter. <laughs> she's she's the mom of five of my nine grandchildren. She's the wife of one of the most loving and patient husbands. This in this whole world that I've ever seen. Shout out, shout out to my son in love, Lance. And she is TikTok famous. If you have not Mm-mm. seen her, you need to go. It is wild. I'm telling you now, it is wild. I'm I'm the reserve parent. All that she got from her mom. <laughs> But she she's well loved and a great vocalist. I mean, a, a great, she got part of that from her mother. But you know, we'll <laughs> we'll give her that much. But I'm I'm glad to have her, and we're going to be talking. We're not going to let out any family secrets. So whatever you're looking for, stop looking. <laughs> Clark family business. State Clark family business. <laughs> But I want to I want to welcome <laughs> my youngest daughter, my baby daughter, and that is Ashley Milliner. Yes. Hello. Hey. Guys. My voice is gone, but it's okay. It's part of the vocalist part. I'm always singing, so my voice is gone, and the weather is different. But we're here. Let's do this. We were talking about generational parenting, and I, I kind of want to step back. You were born in, let's see, wait a minute. Your brother was born in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> you, what year was you born? 93. You about, you done 93, my, that's uh, right, yeah. Government name, you giving them my year, oh no. Well, they, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, already. that's what dads do. I mean, you know, it's... it's it's our job to embarrass our children. Some of my fondest memories as dad to three, mm-hmm. actually five, but you were my three youngest, was sometimes when 
like when your mother would go shopping or doing whatever, we would uh -huh. spend that whole Saturday eating ice cream and honey bun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all sitting in the floor watching, and Cartoon Network had just come on. Uh huh. And we had, we had Cartoon Network, and we of course, of course, by the time she got home, we had to hurry and clean up everything. But <laughs> but what are, what are some of your most fun memories of being parented? If I can if I can use that word, if that makes sense. Uh huh. Yeah, I would say my favorite memories are stuff like that, or when you used to love the movie Leprechaun, and you don't uh, have to tell all that. See, I say no <laughs> family secrets. Here we go. Here we go. Stooges, Stooges, and uh, you would just—it was time to go to bed, and you would just come in and say, uh, "Y'all want some popsicles?" And <laughs> we just go downstairs <laughs> and watch your show. And mommy would be knocked out. But the funny thing is, <laughs> Leprechaun is a terrifying. I remember at a, at, yes. after after watching that, I would take all my jewelry off. But it was still, you know, worth the not having to go to bed. So you know, right <laughs> stuff like that. Now I'll kill for a nap. Don't play. <laughs> but but back then. Oh. Oh, Nap's a serious business now. We we don't. Oh yeah, you know, come we, on, somebody. We don't play that crazy stuff. Nap's a serious <laughs> business. Yeah. What are some oh of the gosh. What are some of the things that, looking back, today's society calls them traumatizing? Okay. Uh, you know, uh, things that that traumatize children. I was looking at. Uh, I think I was on Instagram and. Uh, a little boy was getting his haircut. He had had dreads or locks, rather. Okay. And it was time for him to go to school. And his mother insisted that he get a new haircut, a fresh haircut for the start of school. The backstory uh -huh. is that as long as he had taken care of them, maintained them, but he didn't hold up to his part of the bargain. So now you okay. have all these comments from people who say, oh, he'll be traumatized and all his, mm -hmm. uh, you know, his mental health is at risk. And uh, looking back now, now you're not the age you are now, but back then, uh -huh. what things could have traumatized you had they not been explained and your and your mom had such good what i want to say habit of explaining mm -hmm. to you all okay this is what we're going to do this is why we're going to do it mm -hmm. had she not had that kind of approach mm -hmm. what things could you see you may have seen as dramatic mm. uh i would say a couple things one is um the separation between you and her and having to move because at the end of the day, you cannot explain um, divorce or separation to a child in a way that they can understand um, no matter how old they are. And <laughs> you could try all you want. Right. Um, right. So that is very um, detrimental to, um, well, that is very, uh, what is it called? Whatever you said, uh, opportunities for being traumatized i guess um right um stuff like that and um that's that's probably i would say the biggest thing because everything else trickles from that because when yeah. you have a 
consistency that you are needing, which all kids um, thrive off of consistency, knowing what to expect, knowing what to do. And Mm -hmm. any child that does not have that, a whirlwind happens after that. So, So that was definitely the start of all things new, all things you having to relearn your day-to-day life, you know? So that that would be probably the biggest one. And then when my biological dad went to jail, same concept <laughs> because right, right. it's like you are stripping something and now you have no, and then um, when you get other people introduced to you, you know, so as far as like actual raising, I can't say anything that's like uh, traumatizing. So uh, raising, I don't, I don't know, but life changes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and and that was under that was totally understandable. Uh, I think you guys understood what mm-hmm. was happening to it as much as a child could understand. Yeah, yeah you know, what was happening and you all adjusted to it. Uh, it took a lot of time for me to adjust. Mm. It took time for, you know, your mom to adjust because mm-hmm. even though we still had you all, we had to adjust behind you. Right, right. When I, when I say behind you all, we couldn't let you all see some of the things that we were experiencing uh, the anger, the grief, you know, the so and so and and down the line, you know, right. and I don't want to say, I don't want to say hide it, but not put it in front of you all because you all had enough struggle, mm-hmm. you know, a, adjusting. How was it that? Oh, can I say something to that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's so funny because I was actually talking to mommy about that yesterday. As far as when you say you guys had to in a sense, suppress what you were going through in order to allow us to go through it. Um, I was saying something to her yesterday that I do wish that you guys would have shown emotion because mommy never, I think I seen mommy cry like twice. Like now she's more, she's more, um, aware of her emotions, but as a child, I didn't see her cry. I never seen that human side of parenting because you guys, I I can't speak for you, but I, I believe in your mind felt like we need to be strong. We need to be strong. But then yeah. that sets up a false reality for us because oh, then okay. when I'm, when I'm talking to Elena, for instance, that's my oldest daughter, y'all. Um, and she has to switch schools because her school is going through this and I don't want her around this and we're moving to different places because I'm trying to give we're trying to give her the best life. And uh-huh. I have to break down to her and explain to her as she's breaking down, listen, baby, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to do the best. Let's let's empathize on a hu- on a human, you know, realistic situation here. When you feel like as a parent I have to know everything you're going to fail yourself. So let's, let's both get on a realistic, you know, term. So I try to, you know, cry in front of the kids. I try to let them know, Hey, this is being a parent. is just as hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, that was a big one. Cause I got, I think I was like, it probably was two years ago that I realized that I'm not this like strong black woman thing. No, 
I don't want to be that. I don't want to be strong. Right. I want to be. Right. Yeah. Uh. Uh. So yeah. So that I would say that is something that could be a, a traumatizing thing in reverse to what you're trying to do because you're trying to protect them. Mm-hmm. But then they think, oh, I got to be strong all the time. I got to be strong. So, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that steps back to something that came up. Bottom line is similar to what you just said when you haven't been shown. And and I apologize because I didn't even think of it like that. Mm. And and dealing with you all, that didn't come to my mind. But just to show you what's ingrained in us that we don't know, I I can't think of what I was doing, but I said to myself, my my dad never showed me how to do this. Mm -hmm. Or I never saw him do this. I never saw my mother do this. And they were, they were doing the best. I'm not blaming them, but they were doing the best they could do or did the best they knew how at mm-hmm. that time. That's why I had to say, you know, I apologize because I never thought of it from, from that aspect. I think all parents in our wanting to do what's best for our children uh-huh. always think of it from the parental aspect right. and barely or rarely if any time, think of it from the child's aspect and talking about generational parenting, that's a big contrast uh, mm-hmm. because now in that, I see that if something's bothering you and with Lena being the oldest, she's old enough. Mm-hmm. I think she's old enough to understand when mommy's angry or when mommy's happy. That can't be. Right, the, right. That can't be the end-to-end spectrum. That ha- there has to be some in-between. Me moving schools, mommy doesn't want to do it. That makes her sad. I can see it. Mm-hmm. She, she's right. showing me that. So it if it makes her sad, then I can respond appropriately right. and say, well, you know, mommy, maybe it's not such a big deal. Let's do it. You know, I know. Right. Empathize have, with you know, me. Right. Empathize. Empathize. Exactly. I think, too, like you said, because also when you guys didn't show your emotion to allow the empathizing to happen, it also still showed how you felt, but it came off as, like you said, either it's anger, either it's like being cut off, like y'all are short, you know? So so you're still gonna get the signs, but you never get that human to human, like growing development of being able to um, like differentiate, oh, this means this, mommy is sad. So I can actually go up to her and say, hey, what's wrong? Because I know that this emotion is linked to usually how you feel when you're like this, you know, it opens up that um, spectrum of, it opens up the spectrum of the child to get to know you as um, a person, because I feel like I got to know you and mommy as a person, as an adult. But when you open that aspect up of crying in front of your kids, of being vulnerable with your kids, they know you for like the back of their hand as they grow with you. But it, but it did make me completely a strong, like unstoppable woman. So <laughs> I don't got no complaints of what y'all did, but I'm just saying, you know, since we talking about it, we could talk about it, but it definitely had, it definitely had um, benefits because I had to learn how to not be so strong when I got married. So I'm like a bullet woman, fire, fire, you know, but I'm like, oh. Right. Oh, I'm not supposed to be strong. You know, so it got me yeah. through. So, hey. 
and I think also because society has changed uh -huh. so much and you all's younger age didn't see, but now you can see a lot you're exposed to a lot mm -hmm. technology wise and the world is open so you get to witness different styles of parenting you get to witness mm -hmm. yeah, different that's true. styles of growing up mm -hmm. because i know when when you all were little two shows we would not let y'all watch and that was roseanne and the simpsons <laughs> because i remember the simpsons want, but i don't know why roseanne <laughs> because we didn't want y'all to make make the mistake of ever thinking that uh <laughs> some stuff that roseanne said to her kids or some stuff that the kids said to Roseanne. We didn't uh -huh. want y'all to slip up and think, <laughs> oh, they said this to yeah. their mother and father. No, right. no, mm. we're not going to do that. That's all we have time for on this episode, but join us again as we continue to talk about what we talk about here on the Clark Connection Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, on X or Twitter, and YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast platforms, or check your favorite search engine for Clark Connection Podcast. This is your host, Walt Clark, saying thank you for listening. Be kind, be well, and be great.